Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. So it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, uh, or for, for most stores, at least they've been geared up for the, for the Christmas season for months now. Um, either way, I think there's, just a, there's a feeling in the air as the countdown to the big day has begun, and uh, some people call this countdown season Advent. Uh, it's just a pretty important um, uh, season in the, in the Christian calendar that we're in the middle of. And Advent, if you don't know, is just, it's a, it's a tradition of focusing on certain values or character traits as the Christmas, uh, as Christmas gets clo- uh, closer. Advent really is, um, if you think of a timeline, so Advent in part is we're looking backwards in time to the, to the birth of Jesus, the, the Savior come, Emmanuel, come to earth as a man to be with us and that's we we look backwards in history to see Christ coming but also Advent is we're looking forward in history to the day that Christ will return and so as we find ourselves on this timeline somewhere in the middle of it we're we're, you know we want to look both directions and uh, that's just really what Advent is and um, one way that you can kind of tell that we're getting close to Christmas is that we start using weird words that we, that we never use any other time of the year. All, all of a sudden, in, instead of saying, you know, hey, what's up, as a greeting, I find myself wanting to be, to say like, uh, season's greetings, governor, you know, pip, pip, cheerio, you put on your, your best British accent and, you know, just get into it, and it just sounds better uh, in that accent. Is it just me? Anybody else? No? Okay, so, but if you think about some of the songs that we sing, there's some words in some of those songs that we sing that are, that are a little strange. We sing about yuletide logs. We sing about glad tidings and figgy pudding and a partridge and a pear tree and boughs of holly. And Christmas just brings up some strange words, but then Christmas brings up some words that we're very familiar with. Words that feel a little more special this time of the year that we're in. And uh, we, we talk about words like peace and joy and love. And today we're talking about one of those words. It's a, it's a powerful, incredible word. And the word today that we're going to look at is hope. Hope. Now, I think we all know the feeling of hope. We've all had this feeling in our lives at some point. Most of us uh, if I were to pin you down and say, define hope for me, you might struggle a little bit to define exactly what hope is for you. And um, maybe you've hoped for things like meeting a group of friends that you feel like would be, that you would belong to and be accepted by unconditionally. Or maybe you've hoped for getting this, a huge Christmas bonus at the end of year, or a fat pay raise. Boss comes and says, hey, great job, here's some more money. You know, you've, you're hoping for that, or uh, maybe you've hoped to stop fighting so much with your spouse. Or maybe you've hoped for a family member to get better because they've had a serious illness and it's worrying you and you're hoping that they will get better. Or you, you, you're hoping that the world, that when you wake up tomorrow morning, will look better, will look different than it does today. And we're told that it's good to have hope, but hope is, it's a tricky word right? If you think about it, um, is there a difference between wishing and hoping? What, what, are, what are things that we can hope for? Like if we're single, can we, can we hope for a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Or can we only hope for important stuff like world peace? 
Uh, it, it, some of you, you may have a lot going on right now. Most of us are pretty busy. And so it, it's just really tough to think about what's going to happen in the future and, 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 and to think about things that you might hope for later because you've got all this stuff swirling in front of you right now. Um, maybe the idea of hope makes you feel sad because it's just a reminder of all of the things in your life that aren't going well. Maybe for you, hope seems silly. What, like, what's the point of hoping for something if chances are good that that thing's never going to happen? I'm just going to be disappointed anyway. It's not worth getting my hopes up only to be let down in, in, that, in that hope. Or, or maybe hope for you seems pointless because if God's in control, hey, he's just going to do what he's going to do anyway. What's, you know, we feel like our hope isn't going to change anything at all. Uh, or, or maybe for you, hope feels um, naive or, or hope feels like it's for gullible people. You feel like focusing so much on what may or may not happen in the future means that we aren't paying enough attention to what is happening right here in front of us. And so no matter what your feelings are on the idea of hope, the question is, why do we have it? Why is hope even a thing? Why does it matter? And how did this word get so related to the Christmas season. So you could define hope a lot of different ways. Here's going to be our working definition for hope this morning. Hope is the true belief that your future can be better than your now and that you have a role to play in it. Hope, it's, a, it's a true belief. Hope is the true belief that your future can be better than your right now and that you have a role to play in it. Now, hope and wishing, here's the difference between hope and wishing, okay? You guys see my little Charlie Brown Christmas tree up here, right? I wish that thing was decorated. Anything happen? I wish this thing would get decorated, right? Well, that's wishing. Nothing happens. Okay, hope is a little different. When we have hope and expectation that things can look different, we get involved in making the change that we want to see. So, man, I hope that I can get my Christmas tree decorated soon, and then you make it happen, right? You start putting on your decorations. And so, let's see. I don't want to offend anybody that's OCD about Christmas tree decorations out there. So, how's it looking? Good? Where's it, where's it need to go? Right here? Boom. That's as good as it's going to get this morning. Oh, no. That's really bad. Sorry, those three are way too close. Okay, so th that's the difference between wishing and hoping. Like where, where you make the wish and then you wait, is it going to happen or not? Hope hunts an opportunity to get involved. Hope looks like seeking out opportunities to make the tree look better than it does right now. Hope finds a role to play in the process. Of that right so the thing that makes hope different from wishing is that hope is asking something from us you guys ever made a birthday wish well first of all do you remember living in a world where they put the cake in front of you and you you could blow all your covid out <laughs> onto the cake putting your candles out and then everybody would eat a piece do you remember that okay we don't live in that world anymore uh do you remember being a kid and, and getting the, the, you're sitting at the table 
and the cake comes around the corner and it's got all the candles on it and they put it down in front of you and you're so excited and you're, you're, they're like, okay, before you blow out the candles, make a wish and you close your eyes and you wish for the, the thing that you wanted, whatever it was, and then you, you open your eyes and you blow out the candles, right? And so wishing is when you make a wish, that literally is all you have to do is make the wish and then you just wait and see what's gonna happen. But hope is different. Hope isn't about sitting around and waiting for something to happen. Hope is wanting something to happen and then participating in the process. It's active, it's involved. It's something that can change you and maybe even inspire you to act. So this morning we're gonna take a look at at a passage out of, the, out of the Bible, um, there's a guy named Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. The, the book in the Bible is named after Jeremiah. And so uh, Old Testament prophet was a prophet was somebody whose job it was to hear from God back in the day. So God would give a message to the prophet. Then the prophet would take that message and pass it along to the Israelites, the Jewish people. And uh, prophets were usually around when it was obvious that God had something that his people needed to hear. Sometimes the message from God was, hey guys, you're kind of making a mess of things down there. Like, cut it out. Don't do that. Stop. And other times the message was like, hey, no matter how bad your behavior is, I love you. I love you. You could never outrun my love for you. And so at the time that that Jeremiah was a prophet, the kingdom of Israel is divided into, into two parts. So you have the the northern kingdom, which was named Israel, and you have the southern kingdom, which was named Judah. And Jeremiah was a prophet in the southern kingdom, in Judah. And during Jeremiah's time, things weren't great for the people in the kingdom of Judah. The city of Jerusalem had been captured by the Babylonian Empire. And many of the people were taken into exile back to Babylon to live there. It was a very difficult time for the people of Judah. They felt stuck. And they felt hopeless. You know, for us, this would be the idea, if there was a modern-day equivalent for us, just to help you wrap your mind around the, you know, the, the gravity of the situation for them, it would be like us in being invaded by China or some other country, right? And they conquer us, and then they take our best and brightest back to China. They, they rip our family members away and take them uh, to another country far from us. Right? It, I mean, how would that make you feel? Pretty bad, right? Stuck and hopeless. And so that's where uh, the kingdom of Judah is at as they're conquered by, by Babylon. And in the midst of that, God gives a message to Jeremiah. And we find it in Jeremiah chapter 33 in verse 14. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise that I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. So when he said from David's line, the the David he's talking about is David, King David, the most famous king that Israel ever had. And David ruled when the kingdoms were unified. There was only one kingdom. It was the nation of Israel. David was king over all of that. Um, And it's not divided like we find right now in this story with Jeremiah. And so basically, 
basically Jeremiah, through that, through that word from God, is he's basically saying, hey, don't give up hope. There will be a time when we'll be, we'll, we'll be back home. We won't be exiled here forever. You're being held captive by a foreign empire that, that doesn't believe in God. But there will be a time when an even better king will come. And will come from a family from here and will rule like a righteous king. And so in other words, it's, hey, it's the start of, of better things. It feels bad right now, but it won't be this way forever. And so when they first arrived in Babylon as captives, they, there had been other people who, who were saying things like, hey, cheer up, it's not that bad, we're gonna get out of here soon. But Jeremiah says, no, 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 those people are false prophets. They, 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 they're just telling people what they want to hear. They don't know what they're talking about. This, is, this, this isn't even the truth. The truth was they're going to be in Babylon for a long time. So long, in fact, that Jeremiah basically told them, hey, get comfortable, make yourselves at home. We're going to be here for a while. And ultimately, in the long run, in the distant future, we're going to get out of this mess. God is going to provide a way out. So if you're just the average Joe in the crowd, how do you know who to listen to? Whose message do you take seriously? It would have been easy to just go with the message of the people who said, hey, you're, we're going to get out of here soon, because it's easy to hope in that. It's easy to really want that, right? This, this place stinks. Man, I want to get over there as quick as possible. It was better news, but Jeremiah was speaking for God, and that's what made his message more trustworthy. Uh, th th that, that was what was made his message something that the people could put their hope in. It, it wasn't wishful thinking. It was hope-filled believing because of who this message was coming from, right? It was coming from a God that they could count on. So in other words, the, the thing that makes hope possible isn't how badly we want it or how positive the outcome is going to be. The thing that makes hope possible is the who behind the message, Right? The, the, the people of Judah could trust the message from Jeremiah because it was a message ultimately that came from God. They knew God's character, they believed that God was looking out for them, and they knew that they could count on God's goodness to be real even when their circumstances were far from it. So when you have hope in the one making, making the promise, you can have hope in the promise itself. And that's what the people of Judah were doing. Like th this passage, this promise was made to a specific group of people at a specific time. This was only the beginning. The future leader that Jeremiah was talking about was a guy named Jesus. And what God is doing is he's giving the people of Judah a person that they can place their hope in for the future. And while these promises are directed towards people who lived thousands of years ago, there are promises in other parts of Scripture that apply directly to us, that we can count on for ourselves. In Psalm 48, 14, God promises to guide us. Isaiah 54, 10, God promises to love us no matter what. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, God promises to be faithful to us. James chapter 1, verse 5, God promises to give us wisdom. John chapter 14, verse 27, God promises us peace. Romans chapter 8, verse 15, God promises that, is, that we belong to him and he is our heavenly father. Guys, the truth is, God, the, the promises of God are all over the scriptures. 
And, and, and we don't trust them because they sound good or they sound nice or they sound like something we want to be true. We trust these promises because, we don't trust these promises because of wishful thinking. We trust these promises because of the one who is making the promise to us. God is trustworthy and we can put our hope in and count on God. And that's important for us to keep in mind because that means we can take God's promises seriously and really believe in them, and that's the start of better things. So, for us, the, you know, what does it look like then to believe in God's promises today? What, what would it look like to have a hope, not only during this Christmas season, but also beyond it? Like, what, is it, what does it look like in, in real time, in real life? So, to do that, I just want to give us a couple questions to chew on this morning. The first one is, who or what has your hope? Are you hoping for a specific outcome that you want, or is your hope in God? Are you, are you hopeful in a, a person or a, a situation or some material thing to come your way? Is your, is your hope in those things, or is your hope, who, you know, who has your hope? And then the follow-up to that would be, what, you know, what would it look like to have hope in God instead. You remember, you know, wishing is simply wanting something to happen. You make the I want that to happen, make a wish, and then you sit and you wait. But hope asks for your participation. It asks us to be a part of the process. Hoping in God means actively trusting in who God is and what God says. It means asking God, well, hey, what role do I play what role can I play in bringing hope to the situations that we wish were different? It means that we look at God's word and promises and we count on those things being true. We don't just pick things that we want to happen and, and treat God like he's this genie. Guys, we, it's awesome that you're here on Sunday morning and that we're going to look into the word of God and see what it means for us. But is Sunday the only day that you do that? You got to, you, you know, don't, don't just take the pastor's word for it on what God's promises are. Read it for yourself. Again, these promises are all over Scripture, and you, you need to know them. And God is not this genie that we take and we, you know, we rub the glass lamp and poof, God shows up, and we, God, I wish for these three things, and then he grants those, and then he leaves. That's not how God works, right? So we, we hope in a, in a real promise and in a real God is, is possible when we know who God is and what he promises. That's how we participate, knowing who he is, knowing what he promises, and then we actively participate through those things. So for instance, if you want to end world hunger, man, I wish world hunger was gone. Well, what does that do, right? If you want to end world hunger, you know what you do? When you see a hungry person, you go feed them. Just go feed them. Um, you, you, want, you want less litter in the park? Well, like, buy a trash can, put it in the park, put a you know, sign on the can, litter goes here, and then go get some friends and pick up some trash. Uh, if, if you want to make it more of an impact, sign up to serve back in children's ministry. Man, kids are a ripe, um, ripe, I mean, they're just ripe for knowledge, and we need help. Teaching kids. If you've, got, if you've got a gift of teaching, man, you could go make a huge impact back in children's ministry. Do you, do you, do you want a workplace with less gossip or drama? 
be the person who stops gossip and, and includes the fringe people into the, into the conversation, right? We, we play a role. So, so think of it this way. Where there is not hope, bring it. You see a situation that doesn't have hope, you bring hope to the situation. You and I can be a part of the bringing hope into this world this Christmas season. We are active participants in making the world a better place. We can be the change that we want to see for our future. The the people of Judah in exile in Babylon had hope in God because they knew that God could be trusted, and eventually that was fulfilled. It took some time. It actually took several hundred years for the prophecy that God gave Jeremiah to be fulfilled. Um, But eventually Jesus is born, and he was the leader that Jeremiah told the people about. And even though it took longer than they wanted, and, and Jesus came in a different way, he showed up in a different way than they expected him to come, they knew that they could trust because of who God had shown himself to be in the past. In the same way, we can now trust God and know that the things that God says is true because of the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus' arrival changed everything, and Jesus' arrival was hope fulfilled. And that means because of Jesus, there is always hope no matter what you and I face in our daily lives. So as you guys head off out of here this morning, I just, I want you're going to go out with your family today. I want you to think about some different things that the people that are in your family are hopeful for. Have you, have you really chewed on that? Like what, you know, what are my kids hoping in, hoping for? What, are, what, are, what is my spouse hoping for? What are my parents hopeful for today? Including you, what are you hopeful for today? Think, think about the ways that you can encourage one another in your family to have hope this time of the year because Jesus makes it possible to have hope. Where there is not hope, bring it. Imagine if we all did that this Christmas season. You pray with me? Father, thank you for Jesus and the hope that he brought into this world when he was born as a baby, fulfilling the prophecy that Jeremiah, that you gave Jeremiah and so many others that we read throughout the scriptures. God, and what a difference Jesus makes in this world and in our lives. And so we just, we plant ourselves firmly in, in, in those promises. God, I, I pray that you help us to be mindful of the people in our families and, and the world around us and the things that other people are hoping for. And what role can I play in helping fulfill those hopes? Thank you so much for gifting us each in a unique way that we get to participate in the, in the building of your kingdom here in Terre Haute, in this community, and really around the world. So we just say thank you for all that, God. Bless our week. May we serve you well. We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.